Hey there everyone, my name is Jack Packard. They let you dream just to watch him shatter. I'm just a step on the boss man's ladder. Here for The Escapist. I'm Nick Landro, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. Ho oh, ho! What a way to make a living. Yeah. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Dolly. <laughs> nope. No? That's <laughs> fine. I was going to go with the best little whorehouse in Milwaukee, but I didn't know if anyone would get that reference, so I went a little more mainstream with this one. Still not mainstream enough for me. Oh, okay. Well... I'm gonna I'm gonna culture you up with some, <laughs> I'm gonna culture you up later. <laughs> this week on the Escapist Show, we're gonna talk about the games we've been playing, including Mafiosoing It Up, uh, CIA Mystery Unsolver, and Nick will tell us how strange life is yet again. Then over in the topics, we're going to talk about all of the LucasArts games now heading to different places. EA out, other game makers in, what we're expecting, what we're thinking, all the intellectual properties all the time. You can't stop them. We're going to try, though. <laughs> I'm going to try really hard to stop them. Disney will roll over you like the little weasel that you are. <laughs> So hello and welcome. <laughs> this is the Escapist Show. Did you call me a weasel? <laughs> yeah, yep. All right, hey Nick. Hey, what? What have you been playing this week? So I, I finally played through Mafia Definitive Edition. I don't know what it is with me, but like, I will start games that I really think I'm going to be into, and then I just kind of forget that I'm playing them and move on to something else. So I was like, you know, I because I, I, last week I took off of gaming, uh, you know, I still wasn't feeling very good. And somebody in the chat noticed, like, Nick looks like he hates to be there. It's like, well, when your stomach and heartburn is constantly bothering you, you don't really want to be here. So finally, sure. on, finally on something to take care of that, I actually feel normal for like the first time in like almost a year. You did it. Yeah. It's sunshine. I even got a new shirt to celebrate the occasion. You did it! <laughs> that was actually mostly because the Ask the Creators video made me feel bad about my wardrobe. Oh, did they? Were they making fun of how you how you dress? Well, you answered the question. <laughs> you have the the whole spreadsheet about what you wear each week. And I was yeah. like, you know, I I kind of looked back at the escape show. I was like, I kind of wear the same shit every other week. Think about it. So, oh well. Anyway. Sometimes you got to work on you. Yeah, well, I I spent all my money on 4K movies, so I did work on <laughs> me in some fashion. <laughs> But uh, speaking of the Hobbit in 4K in HDR looks amazing, even though it's a it's not a great movie. It looks amazing. Hold on. Let me rewind a second here. Nick, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> I think is what is where we started this conversation. We did. We went on a tangent. That's OK. That's how we do this. <laughs> so, yeah, I was playing Mafia Definitive Edition this weekend. I, I, I started it like when it came out and then for whatever reason, it didn't hook me uh, mostly because I, I don't know what it is, but like. Hangar 13, they've uh, made Mafia 3, and now they've made the Mafia Definitive Edition. Mm -hmm. And I just can't stand their shooting mechanics. Everything feels like so sluggish and slow, and like they're trying to make it realistic or something. I don't know. It's just not fun to play. Like, sure. even it all just feels outdated compared to stuff like Gears of War or, or Division or any of the more modern first person shooters. But anyway, uh, I ended up really enjoying it. Like the story in that game is actually really good, especially compared to two. And I've heard three's story is so good, but I don't know if you've ever played the Mafia games, but you would absolutely hate three because three is like literally 
go to every little icon on the map. Then you get to kill the crime boss, get a little story bit, and then you rinse and repeat over and over oh. again. They want you to do it like 12 times. I was like, I can't be asked to do it. I'll just watch the story on YouTube. I can't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, yeah, Hangar 13 just really, really has a problem with that. And uh, there was actually a tweet. I'll have to go find it for Omar. But like one of the developers just talked about how awful the development was on Mafia 3. And you can totally tell it was bad just by playing the game. Even sure. though they have some like really cool concepts, they did a really good job of like rebuilding Louisiana in the 1970s, and and you know they all the culture issues that were happening then. They did a really good job with that, I think. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know my, the original Mafia uh, has has a really good story. It's worth playing through for that. Not too long. Uh, very samey. One feature they added that I really liked is that you can actually a lot of the Mafia games have you driving to each location because it for whatever reason and they're in an open world that they never utilize like there's nothing to do besides go to the story missions there's no side missions nothing because that's a popular thing and so yeah. they're like oh yeah it's well, an open they, world game yeah. they, well I mean it's a period piece they want you to feel immersed in it uh, sure but a nice feature they added in was that you could just click down on the D-pad and skip the drive and just go right to the <laughs> missions so instead of being a 30 hour experience I finished it in like 15 because I didn't have to drive everywhere sure but, cool yeah so I'm finally caught up on the Mafia series. Well, after I watched three on YouTube. <laughs> so. still, uh, it still counts. Right. <laughs> well, I uh, I played a very interesting and unique game called A Hand with Many Fingers. Is this another itch.io game? It's This is not a, an itch.io game. Is this is game? available on Steam. Uh, okay. This is a, a rather inexpensive game, by the way. I, I saw some clips of it here and there. Who knows where I find things. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this looks kind of like my thing. And it was five bucks on Steam. And I said, I'm going for it. In true Jack fashion. I just, I, I go without thinking. I do <laughs> what I want despite the consequences. Ha ha. Uh, here's the thing, Nick. Uh, after playing, uh, I, I've, I've been playing this game for a couple hours at this point. I'm, I'm pretty close to the end, I think. It's a very short game. Here's what I can tell you is this game is, is a, a class in how to properly tell a story through a video game. So what the gameplay is, is piecing together a based-on-a-true-story CIA operative that went wrong because they got mixed up with a drug cartel and money laundering. And so it takes place in the early 80s, and you are trying to piece together this story of all of these players, one of whom was recently killed, and uh, their involvement in the CIA, in drug trafficking, in weapons trafficking, and how all of the bigger picture story fits together. And you do that, and I'm about to lose most of you right now, you do that by reading newspaper articles, finding clues with names and dates, going to a card catalog that will tell you where to go find other news articles in the archives of the building you're in. And then you take all your clues and you tack them up. Hold on. Hold, wait. And you take all your clues and you tack them up on a cork board and you can, you can connect them with little pieces of string to make a complete story. Did you just say, you, you just said three things, two things. 
that are are blowing my mind right now. One, yeah, you're playing a game that's focused on story. Yep. Two, the game involves a lot of reading, apparently. A lot of reading. What the hell is going on with you? Did you drink something bad this week? No. Uh, <laughs> so this is the thing. This It has opened my eyes up to my problem both with reading uh, in a game and with storytelling in okay. games. Yes. This, this is highlighted for me because I am incredibly engaged in this game, A Hand with Many Fingers. It's so cool, Nick. It's so cool. So, like, the, the gameplay loop is just that. You read a newspaper article, you take notes of names and dates, you then go to a card catalog to see if a name in your article corresponds with a certain date from a certain location. Like, they have different regions that you can look into mm -hmm. your card catalog. And then you, oh, yeah, oh, this, this, has a, this has more clues. So then you take that information, the card catalog has an index card on it, you go downstairs, and then there's a box full of possibly more clues. You then look through those clues, you tack it up on your board, and it gives you an idea of the big picture. Amazing. So, storytelling-wise, what this game does, how, how do I want to put this here? Um, so well, It makes you an active participant in the story. That's why you like it. Yes, yeah. it, it's, it does such an amazing job at telling you the story because it doesn't just tell you a story. It gives you pieces of information and you, the player, puts the story together. And that's my problem with most game narratives is they tell you to stop playing. I have to see story time now. The, the Figuring out the story is the game and it's beautiful it's mundane but it's, beautiful it's hilarious that you like that because you don't i feel like when you you I, when you go back and forth between having obsessive compulsion when you play games yeah but then i wouldn't say it's compulsive behavior it's just obsessive it's just obsessive behavior but then yeah but so you don't want to you are so weird when it comes to games though. I'm a wild card, Nick. So here like so here's here's two pieces of information about me. I have severe dyslexia and I have ADHD. It's very hard to pin me down. So most of the time in games when you're asked to read a lot of things, I read very very slowly because of my dyslexia. And so like it just slows the whole game down for me. It's just like, "Wait, I want to shoot and punch things." Now I gotta sit here and read a thing because I'm a slow reader in general. Yeah. But because the gameplay loop is reading, I am engaged in the story. You know, like they have incorporated reading into the story. So like in, in most other situations, the reading, the story are separate from the, the shooty action. But here, the action is the reading. Hmm. And so they found a way to integrate it properly. And I guess like, like to me, like that's the biggest thing of note for other game developers. And I, I've talked about this when we talk about like a Dark Souls game. They don't sit you down and explain the entirety of the story in Dark Souls. Right. You get a little intro and then they give you the world and you meet characters and they give you a little piece of information and you meet this character, they give you a little piece of information. You, the player, are then asked to put it together in your own head. And that's what games should do. Give you little pieces of information while you, the player, puts it all together. It's it's just, it's great. So like, so that's great. On the other side of it, it's a detective game. 
and I am a big fan of detective fiction, uh, and it lets you do the dirty, boring, mundane research of being a detective. Oh wait, here's an interesting piece of information. This, this person's initials, or this person is referencing someone who has initials, but over here I get a little bit of last name, and I think there's a connection here because they were in the same country on the same date. Oh wait, now I have a first name. Now I can uh, cross-reference the first name and last name with these events that happened here, and I'm understanding the bigger story. Nick, I'm having such a good time. It's it's always, it's hard to find like really good detective games because like uh, you would think like the Batman Arkham series would have good detection things. Yeah, but it's literally highlighting objects and walking towards it and clicking X. Like those <laughs> those games could be so much better if like you actually had to go and piece together like investigations behind outside of combat instead of just clicking highlight X. <laughs> yes, well, and like to me. To me, what that means is that they don't trust their audience because true detective work is boring as hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, those are mainstream games. Like, you're never going to yeah. get, you know, a 10-year-old kid that's playing it to sit down and do all that investigative work. But it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I, it, and, you know, like, it, it reminds me a lot of kind of like a, a more mundane version of uh, Return to Obra Dinn which, you know, gives you this fantastical element, uh, but it's basically the same premise. All you're trying to do is piece together the larger story based off of little bits of information. And, and so it's like, the game has made me feel clever, and that's all a good detective game or story should, should make you. Is like, oh, I figured it out. I'm putting in all the hard work. And literally, all you are doing is reading an article, looking through a card queue, then going down and picking up the record so you can read more articles and look through more card queues. It's, it's really neat. And Nick, it's five bucks. It's five bucks on Steam. It's nothing. <laughs> super neat idea. I'm, I'm, I've just been super happy. The other, the other thing I want to mention about it before we move on is um, the eerie atmosphere it has. And I don't know how much of this is intentional and how much of me just adding this. So, so the entire uh, mystery that you're solving is uh, this, this guy died. This guy died in a mysterious car accident and you're just trying to piece together his life and you find he has connections to the CIA, he has connections to drug running, he has connections to this and that and this and this bank and this bank manager. And you start to get this picture of just like, bad people doing bad things for money and it creates a really eerie tone and when you're in the main room when you're reading all the stuff and pinning them up on your corkboard there's like copyright free classical music playing but then when you go downstairs into the archive room it's silence all you hear is like random machine noises and it is creepy eerie and I really dig that. And like a creepy thing happened, and I don't want to like mention what it is uh, in case anyone plays it and spoils it, but, but it could be a mundane thing or it could be a creepy thing. And it, there's just like this unspoken weight to the game. And uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just the proper way to tell a story in a game. There you go. A hand with many fingers. Five is many. You got Jack to actually pay attention to a story in a video game. Congrats, developers. That's a high mark. It's it's super crazy what happens when you integrate it to the game. <laughs> Just putting that out there to everyone else. 
You make the the game the story part of the game. It's hilarious. It's hilarious that you're a big movie buff, but don't like to watch video game movies. It's it's crazy that you like uh, you like books, but don't like to read your movies. Two different mediums, Nick. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're two different things, Nick. One's a passive experience, one's an active experience. They shouldn't uh, be judged by the same standards. Hey, Nick, what else have you been playing this week? Uh, yeah, I was playing Life is Strange 2, a story game that you would absolutely not like because you're not an active participant in it. You kind of are, but not really. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's funny. I really enjoyed the first Life is Strange. I don't know if you ever played it because I know those interactive story games aren't really your type of thing. Yeah, um, but that game had a really good story. Like it was a, <clears throat> it was actually a really good mystery, uh, and I, and I really liked the characters in that one. And I'm not going to go too big, big on retrospective on that. But Life is Strange Two. You know how you know how Yahtzee talked about like the Tomb Raider reboots and how they were just beat her up simulators, basically. Yes. Yeah. Well, Life is Strange Two is kind of like that. Oh. But and so the the, the whole premise of the game is based around. Uh, two Mexican-American boys. One has like secret powers, basically they're, they're brothers uh, and you play as the older brother. And basically what happens is uh, your little brother's being picked on by a kid. The older brother goes out and picks on him. Somehow the cops show up almost immediately and then almost without question, shoot their father because that's what happens in America, I suppose. Uh, which yeah, <laughs> so which, yes, yeah. Uh, the, that that premise you starts had a whole off. Thing about it this year. Yeah, well, the, that premise starts off interesting uh, enough, and like it starts raising questions about like you know police in America and everything like that. And so from there, you know the uh, the the younger brother reacts, and that's when his power kind of activates, and he accidentally kills the cop in as he can't control his power. Okay. Uh, so he basically like blows the car away, the police car away, like just. He's got like some like a force push power is what he's got, okay. uh, and so neither him or the brother really know what happens, and then they go on this long road trip to escape the law. Great, no, Thelma and Louise meets X Men. I love it. Pretty much, uh, that's what they kind that's what they tried to go with, but like the whole plot of this game doesn't go anywhere. It's like they go on a road trip to get away from the cops, and that's it. <laughs> uh, Life is Strange one had this whole mystery wrapped over five episodes and. You mm-hmm. stayed in like one central location. You got to really know like all the characters really well. In this one, it's like each chapter is in a new location with new characters. Uh, oh. The little brother is an annoying little shit the entire game. <laughs> As an only child, I can't relate, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was just surprising. As I, I like, I went back and looked at the reviews. Like this game was so highly rated, and for what? And then. <sighs> Each chapter kind of deals with like a different socio-political issue, basically. Like, okay, at the end of the first chapter, you know, you—it's so weird. Like, you you end up at a gas station, and you can choose to steal items or not. I didn't, mm-hmm. right? I just went and paid for the thing, and then it, and then this like super racist asshole old guy comes out. And starts immediately accusing you because he's because the kid's Mexican that he you know he stole stuff and they're pulling in sure. commentary from like you know how people treat actually treat people nowadays with you know all the slang and everything, but it's like one of the options could have been to show the guy the receipt maybe you would have solved it but nope it <laughs> doesn't even give you that option. So then sure at chapter two and and three kind of going all these elements too it's just like 
I'm kind of getting off track with it, but it's more like it's one of those games that wants to be political, mm-hmm. but goes so over the top with it that it loses any message. I think, and like I'm sure the things that have happened in that game have happened in real life. Of course they have. Like that's where they pull the inspiration from. But it's like, yeah, some of it is just so ridiculous to the fact that like, okay, like the whole premise of the game is based around the cops trying to get these boys for murdering a cop. Mm-hmm. But the cop was blown away by some explosion, and the first thing they do is the older brother must have just killed him. I was like, what? How does that make sense? Sure, sure. You know, so like outside, outside of like the social commentary on you know old school racial society, like just the entire premise of like the cops chasing them because they manifested superpowers doesn't connect with well, the, the cops don't even know that they manifested superpowers. They right. just think they killed the, the cop. Right. But it's right. like, it, it like the cops are just so absolutely dumb in the game mm-hmm. that it takes out like any, like, you know, where the story is going to go from the moment it gets there. They're never going to believe the kids. You're going to end up mm-hmm. either dead or one way or the other, you know, the whole in the whole thing is them trying to escape the country so um i, I don't know it, it just it didn't feel as like even the first game tackled a lot of like socio-political stuff but it all felt really natural and like as part of the story and mm-hmm. here it just kind of feels like well we touched this subject so now we got to touch this subject and, and then we got to touch <laughs> sure. this subject to make it all in there and make it all encompassing mm-hmm. of everything bad that happens politically kind of thing it's like sure you know i think it would have been better if they just if they focused on one aspect if you want to talk about like the racial cultural differences that's something they could have focused on throughout an Mm -hmm. entire story instead of police brutality racial cultural differences and and acceptance issues and everything in one piece or nick all of these issues are the same issue well, I mean, they're all interconnected in some way, but super woke. When you're trying to tell a narrative, it like, and I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When like it just it piles on to the point where it's like it's not organically fitting into the narrative that they're trying to tell. Well, and it, it's one thing it's one thing for them to try to highlight these issues, but they forgot to tell the story of the two brothers first. And well, and may, like maybe organically isn't the right word word you're looking for here because like the things that are being piled on could be very organic neither you and i are minorities so we don't get to really talk about that but what uh, what it sounds to me like you are talking about here is pacing uh, is well each, that that and cohesive cohesive to yeah, the story itself is yeah. like each issue wasn't given time to develop for you uh, a, a viewer or a player in the game right like nothing was given the time that it needed before it moved on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So I I, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, like I'm I'm completely fine with those things being in the game. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to explore those things and like the first game really did a good job of it. Like one of the issues that the first game explores a lot of is uh, one of the char- you know one of the main characters. Her name is Chloe, and her dad is a war vet with like PTSD and anger issues, mm-hmm. and that directly affects what happens to her sure everything in life is strange too is these you know these two brothers happening on people that interact with their story but it's not about those people it's supposed to be about these two brothers and their relationship Mm. building so yeah you know you just the game didn't give you a chance to really connect with these two brothers and and like i said it's just it's in one of those it's like political for the sake of being political without a lot to say about it because it's so like surface level you know sure 
on like, hey, let's make this crazy thing happen just for the sake of it to be there. Sure, sure. Like the it's like the uh, it's like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial. Yeah. It, where, where like she she wants to uh, reference the social unrest and police brutality, but she just offers a policeman a Pepsi and everything. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> even even like the the fourth chapter of the game goes into like a religious cult. <laughs> like it, oh yeah, so I mean, it literally tries to touch on each little thing sure. without sure. ever going into depth with it. And, and, yeah, yeah, just I put off playing the game for a long time because like I played the first chapter when it first came out and just. I didn't really feel it, and then, you know, I finally sat through this weekend and went through it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed, like because the, the first game really did do a good job, and this game didn't hook me at all. <laughs> really, sure, it just, sure, sure. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with any of those political elements being in there or exploring those issues. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're gonna do it, just it's a it's a narrative game, right? You know, I want it to be cohesive to the narrative and make sense to be there. Instead of feeling like chapter one is issue one, chapter two is issue two, chapter three, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and I haven't played it, so I can't speak on it too much. And I'm not specifically calling it out because I haven't played it. But I do feel like a lot of times creatives want to touch on a subject and then move on really quickly. Just to say that they touched on it. And it's like, you know what? If you want to touch on it, get into it. Like, let yeah. us live in that world and really let's explore that because that's what art is for to start a conversation. So yeah, yeah don't be mean, afraid, dive in. There's there's a few moments in that game where it gets pretty rough with the, like the, the racial cultural differences, right? Mm-hmm. And you can choose to be either really bad or vengeful towards those people, or you, you can choose to be good and help them and try to mm-hmm. you know be better. But they're just like, there's such like little moments in this game that, you know, like if they had done an entire like, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like at the very end of the game, you uh, you get caught by you're almost you're almost about to cross the border, and you get caught by people that are hunting down immigrants. Classic Thelma and Louise. Yeah, and and they're and they're literally you know the MAGA people. That's what they yeah, are. Yeah. That's exactly what they are in this game. Absolutely. And you interact with them for a little bit, but it, then it's done. That's it. Like it just doesn't go anywhere. And that's how like every interaction like that goes in that game. Sure. And so like if they had done an entire game with the narrative threading around that stuff, like maybe instead of escaping the cops, you're escaping mega culture people or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, yeah. And, and then if the game goes into different threads of exploring that mindset, I guess, and trying to navigate around it, that's, that's interesting. But just, Picking issues to say, hey, we, we included that. Yep. Oh, we uh, we touched on that. Uh, do we get points? Do we get woke points? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no. No woke points. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I love political work. It's just like you gotta. Mm. It's gotta be more than just that's it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Some, sometimes people make these games, and I'm like, you just have like postcards up on your thing, and just say let's let's include that one and that one and that one. Insert them in here, here, here. Throw- Throwing darts at a at a board yeah. full of hot button issues. All right, we're gonna tackle racism and mega culture and religious cults. Uh, eh? <laughs> you know what? Kind of. All ties in the one thing. <laughs> Political. <laughs> uh, hopefully, by this comes out. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have a different Branson there. I think you're okay. I'm in Missouri, so anything can happen here. 
Listen, if I if I uh, if I if I you know drive five minutes in in That's in true. certain directions here, I'm there, baby. You know what's gonna be funny? What's that? We're gonna we're gonna end up having games eventually about the culture issue of, of wearing a mask or not. That's true. That's really true. That was that's gonna be a it's gonna be thing. A, it's gonna be a stealth game of having to avoid not a mask wearers. It'll it'll be a it'll be a stealth game where everyone is encouraged to wear masks, and if you wear a mask, uh, you can get through the game very easy. But every once in a while, um, your character will want to do crimes with his mask off. <laughs> where you can get away with it. You can get away with it. Everyone wears masks now, but you just decide not to. <laughs> Not to not to get too political. Find the maskless Waldo. Let's do crimes with masks off and live stream ourselves. <laughs> no wearing seatbelts either. <laughs> what, what a bunch of maroons. <laughs> so Nick, now here we are on to the topics section. First off, a little check-in with Cyberpunk 2077. And, oh, hold on. Hold on, I'm getting... It's still fucked. So let's move on to the world of intellectual properties. Disney is taking the exclusivity away from EA, which means that other developers will be working on Star Wars titles. We also got some news that an Indiana Jones game is in the works. Here we are, intellectual property talk. Oh boy! This is Jack's favorite topic. He agreed to talk about it, so he's got to deal with it. I did agree to talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, we'll we'll end on on Indiana Jones talk. So let's uh, we'll talk about Star Wars first, I guess, just to hopefully move it along. Yeah. All right. Uh, so first on the docket is that. Uh, EA is no longer exclusively making Star Wars games, and they've announced that Ubisoft Massive is working on a open-world Star Wars narrative game. Uh, you could be excited about that or not. You know, it's if it's a, it follows the Ubisoft formula, then. Eh, but uh, then, then we're gonna have weak combat, repetitive missions, and a big open world full of nothing. So Star Wars fans will love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it's interesting that Ubisoft Massive is working on it, and they're working on a narrative game because their most recent titles have been uh, the Division One and Two, which are you know games of service titles, but they actually had really, really solid gameplay with them. Um, okay. So I don't think this is gonna be. And this is just pure speculation, but knowing their their background, I don't see this as being like an open world lightsaber game. It's probably going to be, uh, I, I would imagine, like an open world bounty hunter game or something, something of that sort with, with guns and stuff. Maybe an open world. That's that's all I can think of because you there, can't really do much with clone troopers. <laughs> it's a hidden sequel to the PlayStation Two Boba Fett game. I think or wait, was that a Django Fett game? No, it was, it was called Bounty Hunter. <laughs> it's called Bounty Hunter. I played that. Yeah. Oh, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so EA, EA is still making Star Wars games. Uh, right. And they had an exclusivity deal that was supposed to run to 2023. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, I don't know the financial dealings of it or anything. But, it, you know, this people are really surprised by like EA losing that exclusivity. And it's like, to me, it, it just makes sense because A, They've already got a few games in the works. 
and that exclusivity deal can't just end in 2023 and Disney not have anything new to release right after that deal ends. So, right. you know, uh, EA losing exclusivity isn't really a big deal. It was going to happen anyways. Uh, and I don't expect that we'll see the Ubisoft massive project for Star Wars until probably 2023, 2024, honestly. Uh, well, because I, they're also I've they're also speaking of licensed properties, they're also working on a big Avatar project, which has been in the works forever. Last Airbender or mm, the Cameron? Blue Avatar? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what oh. they're doing with it. It's some after they're done releasing the eight Avatar sequels, <laughs> seven of which have been already filmed, they're gonna release the Avatar video game. Now this this Avatar video game, I don't think is far off. I, I think we'll. Definitely, probably see it at E3 this year. It's been in the works for at least four years now, I think. I think, like, no matter what, if Disney was incredibly happy with EA's Star Wars video game performance, they would have been more than willing to keep the exclusivity deal. Depends. Fact, it depends. I mean, they've made Battlefront 2 made a big turnaround. It's it's really solid now. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallen Order did great. There's already a sequel in development, I think, according to Jason Schreier, uh, which doesn't surprise me because Fallen Order sold extremely well as well. Uh, Squadrons wasn't terrible. I think, you know, I, I think... Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't terrible. That's like, yeah. this is the, the, ga- the game. Praise. The gameplay was really good. Just the story was garbage, <laughs> I thought. Sure. Um, so, but of course, like EA has a lot of canceled Star Wars projects under their belts as well, which I'm sure, you know, Disney's not super thrilled about. Um, but, and I guess, like, to me, like, I, I'm not saying that, like, I, I'm not going to go with, like, the dramatic headline of, like, EA has failed. Yes. Disney that, cleaning made, up the so. mess. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm like, and I'm not, like, I'm not going to go that far. What I'm saying is if EA had performed exactly how Disney wanted them to, I'm sure Disney would say, oh, yeah, keep making our games. We, we love what you make. Because EA maybe didn't meet expectations, maybe, you know, didn't turn the profit that they said they would, maybe didn't game, make the games that they said they would, yeah. Disney has ended that and like that's it's nothing dramatic it's just business yeah i, yeah. I mean this this was like the smartest play for them because they're gonna they're gonna spread their wings and let all kinds of developers start working on star wars projects because mm-hmm. it's not just ubisoft they have working on stuff they've already hinted they have other developers working on stuff too um so i you know if that you know a star wars if an indie developer lands with a star wars license like a telltale star wars game or something like that, that's a huge huge get for them so i i'm kind of excited to see like what you know if uh you know i, I don't know if it's the the poor reception to the sequels that had anything to do with it and the good reception to the mandalorian and you know, all the excitement about all these new star wars shows had anything to do with it but i feel like it kind of feels like Disney's loosening their grip up on Star Wars a little bit to let people get a bit more creative with it because we are we are getting the Acolyte, which is a High Republic movie, I think, right? Um, so they're exploring new regions again, and or I mean, new eras again, and all that kind of stuff. You don't know, you, you don't follow any of this stuff, do you? <laughs> like. They just, they just launched I, a new High Republic era, so like Elijah just reviewed the Light of the Jedi book, which I'm reading now. Sure. Uh, that's like their whole new their whole new era that's never been explored that's before uh, mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy, 200 years before all that happened. You know, like as far as Star Wars is concerned, I enjoyed five of the movies. <laughs> 
and and uh, season one of The Mandalorian. It's like that's and, oh no, some of the comics too are pretty good actually. Um, I've I've enjoyed some of the comic books. I've read some of the old now non-canon Star Wars novels, most of which weren't that great. And so it's just like I don't know. Like I I, I think season two of The Mandalorian has already proven that currently at least Star Wars is not willing to um, reach outside of its already established boundaries. Perhaps these other properties will help convince them that they don't need to bring the Skywalkers into every single goddamn thing. <laughs> um, and and maybe maybe it'll do some good. I don't. I mean, you know, open world lightsaber game. That's fine. I I would actually I would probably really enjoy like an open world. Uh, bounty hunter game you get to like choose your own gear and your own outfit that could be really Creed fun. And Star Wars yeah basically is what that would be <laughs> like give me give me the Witcher in Star Wars and I'm pretty darn happy right. <laughs> like that's pretty good I don't necessarily want uh, to be a Jedi but hey you know we'll see yeah <laughs> we'll I, see what happens yeah I, I just I just I hope they loosen their grip a little bit and let developers get creative with it and not mm-hmm. be tied to everything to Skywalker I agree with that even though like you know, I, I have mixed opinions on like the the loot cameo in, in the Mandalorian and keeping everything tied to that. But that that, in my opinion, they're just trying they're trying to turn Star Wars into Marvel, and everything's got to be connected in some way. And I don't really like that. But. That's to me like the the big thing that other IP managers haven't locked onto that Marvel so effortlessly does is that Marvel is tied together. But like this much, like right. if, if you got rid of the post credit bumpers in most Marvel movies, they could very easily exist outside of each other. Like you, you don't need to have a main character from one pop up in the other. Just little, little hints, just call it a shared universe. And it is, that's the magic of Marvel is they've tricked everybody into thinking that their movies are incredibly interconnected. They're, they're really not. They're just, well, they're making it up as they go along. Doesn't matter what we think. It's all all that matters that is what the money thinks. <laughs> so mm, that's true. people just want fan service hundred percent of the time. That's what you're gonna get. <laughs> well, and it's like it's it's true, and it's not like you know the, the Last Jedi did incredibly well at the box office, yet decidedly mixed fan reception is the polite way I'll put that. And so then they decided <laughs> to completely you know yeah. abandon ship, even though it did really well financially. Um, and yeah. then the last Skywalker didn't do so well. well then so. I think uh, you, should, you should start looking into the High Republic era because it's set before all the Skywalker stuff, so they can do whatever they want back there. They're, you know, they're going to end it with like. Well, I mean, Yoda's already Shmi. in it, so they're going to end it with like Shmi being born or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And like she'll be a baby, and the prophecy will talk about her child. Ugh. <laughs> Um, we're going to learn the origins of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> we're going to learn the origins of Shmi. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right. So, you know, Star Wars is going to be Star Wars one way or the other. Star Wars is going to Star Wars. Let's move on to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, to end that on that, I'm just, I'm just excited to see other developers besides EA take it on, even though I, I really like the Fallen Fall, Fall Order game. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Bethesda also has a deal with LucasArts Games uh, to make a... Indiana Jones something from Machine Games who worked on the Wolfenstein series, the new Wolfenstein games. Yes. Uh, so there's right now all we have is like this little teeny weeny teaser and other than that we have no idea what this game is going to be. Uh, yes. If you've played the Wolfenstein games you know that Machine Games right now 
all they're known for is first person gory Nazi killing simulators. So yes. uh, this Indiana Jones game could be anything. There, there is a lot of speculation that it really doesn't make sense to make a first person Indiana Jones games and it'll be third person Uncharted style game. I feel like they have an opportunity to Guerrilla Games this. Guerrilla Games, for anyone who doesn't know, made the Kill Zone series. Uh, uh, Sony exclusive uh, first person shooter, and then they morphed into Horizon Zero Dawn. This is your opportunity because if Indiana Jones is a first person shooter, you have massively misunderstood the Indiana Jones franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious what it would be because, like, you know, we have Uncharted already, so how do you defer from that and the only way i can think because you have tomb raider too which is basically uncharted with female uh so <laughs> other way around tomb raider was a tomb raider started off its life the, the, actually. yeah but the new the new tomb raider games are very much aped off uncharted so <laughs> the new ones are the new ones are oh sure sure well it feeds off so the yeah. original tomb raider actually started off uh, as an indiana jones game yeah. they couldn't get the license so they slapped a girl on it became laura croft and the tomb raider right. then of course tomb raider spawned uncharted and then uncharted spawned the new generation <laughs> yep. of tomb raider and now, we're back, little... and, now we're, and now we're back to indiana jones now we're back to indiana so yeah you know I, one of my uh, one of my favorite parts about the new tomb raider games were actually oh i don't know exploring tombs and the puzzles and all that and i kind of hope yes. they I, I'd, I'd be interested to see if like Machine Games goes in that direction with Indiana Jones with like actual to, you know adventure over just shooting everything and maybe there's a few combat sections in there but oh, it's, it's a licensed IP game so I'm not going to get my hopes up that to not be no. completely filled with action or not. Well and let's be honest Indiana Jones shit the bed several years ago but at the heart of it anytime you're talking about adaptation you need to kind of distill the property down to its core and you're exactly right at its core indiana jones is about adventure it's about puzzle solving it's about piecing together a mystery every all three of the indiana jones movies because there are only three indiana jones <laughs> movies are all about that just going on an adventure solving puzzles figuring out a mystery uh, maybe you can do that in first person i don't think that's a good idea <laughs> i i but but also if it's not combat focused first person and you're just exploring tombs and figuring out puzzles that could be a lot of fun the only Indiana Jones games we have currently are point-and-click adventure games. Indiana Jones and, um, oh, what is it, like The Lost City of Atlantis? Like, and to me, is a perfect fit for those games. You are going on an adventure, you're solving puzzles, you are figuring out a mystery. Uh, yes, I don't make it a first-person shooter. That's a bad fit for Indiana Jones. I, yeah, I... That's like, I, that's like I, all I of machine. That's like all of machine games' strengths. <laughs> all first of person shooter. all what Guerrilla Games did before Horizon Zero Dawn was first person shooters. You can pivot. You can. And I would like to believe I am an optimistic person, which is why I'm so consistently disappointed. <laughs> I want to believe that these people understand the franchise that they are getting is not about shooting people like literally one of the jokes in the game is that indiana jones doesn't have a gun a lot of the times like he's he's not a super shooty guy 
<laughs> don't make a first-person shooter. Don't do it. Don't make a first-person. You're thinking about it. Don't do it. Don't make a first-person shooter. Wolfenstein with an Indiana Jones skin. Calling it now. Don't. Fucking don't do it. I'm calling it. Don't. Check. Stop it. I'm making my Stop. prediction. You're doing it. Stop it. You're doing it. Yep. Cookie came in because she's hearing me yell. Hi. Because <laughs> she, she's coming to come for you to make sure your disappointment is, is managed. I want to solve puzzles. <laughs> I want to piece together a mystery. I'm already doing that playing a hand with too many fingers. Well, Not too many a, fingers. Uh, a hand with many fingers. There's a, well, if you don't get that, the Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm Games, Lucas Games, whatever they're calling themselves now, has a ton yeah. of properties they can work with. And Marty Sleva wrote a great article on our website where you can read all about that. Hey, there you go. But yeah, I'm excited to see them come back and, and get back into games because Lucas has a lot of properties under its belt. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. And I'm always down for more Star Wars games, but I'm just a sucker for Star Wars, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm part of the problem. Yes. That being said, I didn't really like The Mandalorian Season 2, so... <laughs> you didn't? I liked parts of it, I liked, but I mean, it was so clear that it was setting up spin-off shows that, it, like, it was, it was a marketing, it was a, it was a season marketing other shows, is what I felt about it, which is okay. I mean, the Ahsoka scene was cool. The Western mixed with Samurai was pretty neat. Don't make it. Don't make it a first person. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm begging you. Just make a fun. Game I will. Right I will on. find an actual crow and eat it if I'm wrong. Make... Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that bet. All right. Well, that was it. That was our discussion. Nick thrown down. He's gonna eat something gross if he's wrong. Uh, thanks everybody for watching and or listening to this. Once again, I've been Jack Packard, semi-professional video game enjoyer here for The Escapist. And I'm still Nick Calandra. I don't know why Jack says I've always, I've been Jack Packard. Because the show, the, the episode's over. And so once, but what, once what I'm are you, not... What are you after the show ends? That's the thing, Nick. Uh, something you should know about me is <laughs> if someone is not watching me perform something, I do not exist. Okay. All, all purpose in my life is gone unless so a bald blob. I am the center of attention. Uh, and so, yeah, I, see, I, I cease to exist if you're not watching me. Well, I'm off to go kick Casey's ass and smash. So have fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.